Let's take a trip down memory lane, shall we? It's Thanksgiving weekend in 1988, and your family is driving you crazy. You decide to escape to the movie theater and try and restore some of that holiday cheer. You consider seeing the land before time again, but ultimately mm. decide you really want to lean into the season, so you've got to see a Christmas movie. You're about to buy a ticket to Ernest Saves Christmas when you catch mm. a glimpse of an interesting poster near the box office. Is that the dude from SNL? The weirdo from Caddyshack, right? What's up with his hair? Man, this guy's a goofball. But I mean, you liked him in Ghostbusters. You're just not quite sure if he can hold a movie as his own as the lead. Surely, he won't eventually become a Hollywood icon and one of America's favorite fun uncles. Time will tell, I suppose. In the meantime, you buy your ticket and settle into your seat, ready to watch a modern retelling of the, class the classic Charles Dickens tale, A Christmas Carol. That's right, this week we're talking about Scrooged directed by Richard Donner, of all people, and starring none other than Bill fucking Murray. Welcome to Three Films in a Podcast, the show where Destiny brought together three friends to enhance each other's cinematic journey by watching three new movies in a series of themed rounds. There is no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode, as all film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Three Films and a Podcast. My name is Tyler Beck, coming to you from Cape Coral, Florida, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew Weiler in Pleasant Grove, Utah. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ben Lawhorn up in Salt Lake City, Utah. He will become a Hollywood icon, and don't call me Shirley. Uh, I will call you whatever I want. I am the host <laughs> of this show. <laughs> uh, speaking of the show, for those of you uh, who are new here, welcome back or welcome to the movie club. And for those of you returning, welcome back to the movie club. Uh, this turned uh, from a long group text into this podcast, and we are very happy to have you here. Uh, tell your friends. They can follow us at Three Films Pod on all the social platforms, and uh, you can find merch and patron options, uh, Patreon support options at threefilmspod.com. And before we go any further, I've got to introduce our very special guest, the creator of the theme music you just heard, none other than Graydon Benzmiller. Graydon, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Uh, <laughs> the people what they want. <laughs> I like the people. It. He follows orders, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Graydon, welcome back. It's super good to have you here. This is your second time. Uh, joining us and uh, yeah for those that may have missed uh, the uh, labyrinth episode that Graydon joined us on um, go check that out you can hear his clubhouse answers check out our YouTube channel for those and uh, get to know Graydon a little bit more but in the meantime uh, Graydon why don't you tell people uh, a little bit about yourselves where they what where they can find you and uh, all those sorts of things thanks it is a <laughs> honor to be back with you gents it's an honor to have you back. pleasure's ours indeed <laughs> uh yeah it's great i've been looking forward to my follow-up i'm i'm happy it happened for um sooner than later um yes i created the theme song for the amazing podcast the intro i still listen to it a lot um and in my free time <laughs> i'd like to make more music and if you want to hear more of it you can Look it up on Spotify or Apple Music under Umbels, U-M-B-E-L-S. And uh, that's about it. 
Nice. That's not just about it. Don't sell yourself short. I Ben and I have personally abused your uh, creative, artistic, and music uh, musical abilities in a lot of our videos. Yes. Um, every time we needed something, like oh, we can use Graydon's music. He's, he's got such good stuff. It was like our crutch. We'd always lean on you. So very I'm much appreciated. I am here for leaning. <laughs> also, just a, just a side note: um, if you go check out his Clubhouse answers, the whole reason he's on the pod tonight is because of his clubhouse answers. Yeah. This is like a first like direct correlation to the clubhouse. I think that we've had here. We're talking about a Bill Murray movie and that was Greedon's desert Island actor. And I'm like, well, there is an impossible to find a better guest than Graydon. And I, yeah, I'm very stoked to have you here. It is a yeah. proper follow-up and I'm happy to be here guys. Nice. Absolutely. Well, uh, Graydon, you've caught us in the middle of our Christmas round. Um, last week, we discussed Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, and as you well know, this episode is all about Scrooged. I had seen this movie, or I'd never seen this movie, but it had been on my radar for quite some time. Um, I just had never got around to watching it, despite my love for Bill Murray. Uh, for some reason, I just couldn't find, my, find a way to get interested in this movie. Um, I'd never heard anyone talking about it. I'd never really read much about it. Um, and there was nothing about it on face value besides uh, the poster, <laughs> Bill Murray <laughs> being in the movie and on the poster. Uh, nothing about it could get me interested. Um, so, you know, it it seemed like a, a perfect, I mean, it was a perfect nomination for a Christmas round. It fits mm-hmm. the theme of this podcast very well. Um, and, uh, you know, I watched it on Sunday and I, uh, I didn't really love it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. We'll, we'll definitely dig into to that more. Um, I think it got better as it went along, you know, towards the second half of the movie. Yeah, I don't know how much I'll watch it going forward. I feel like what Bill was doing didn't really match the tone of what the director, Richard Donner, was trying to do. Mm. And I just, I don't know, I just don't feel like, I don't feel like they either of them were doing the same movie. Um, I did think, and I do wish, I, I do think the movie would work better if, uh, Bill played it more like he plays. Uh, Bill, by the way, Bill Murray and I are on a first name basis. I just wanted like, <laughs> you, you, and Bill. We're very close. Yeah, we're very close. <laughs> oh, Started man. with Mr. Murray. I was very polite, very cordial. Uh, but he's he's a nice guy. Just please, just call me Bill. So I. Bill do. wanted to come uh, but, on, but we're like, we have Graydon. Maybe no, next time. Oh, sorry, Bill. We bumped Bill. We bumped Bill for Graydon. Got to do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know. I kind of. I was just like, I feel like. I feel like this role would have been perfect for like what he did in St. Vincent or even like, like uh, you know, lost in translation or the life aquatic. Some of those more like older jaded curmudgeon roles. But anyways, um, Graydon, I know you're a huge Bill Murray fan. Uh, you know, big fans of the pod know you're a Bill Murray fan because they've heard your clubhouse segment. Um, so yeah, what, what was your experience with this movie? What's your overall impression? And yeah, I want to hear all about it. Sure. Um, I remember seeing this movie in younger years. And I remember thinking that this movie was so, so <laughs> not Bill's <laughs> best, but yeah. kind of weird and it incorporated a lot of like the late eighties feel over the top drama seemed like a movie as they want to do sometimes with prolific actors, especially like SNL actors, just where they say, go for it. This is the script and you're the star. And mm. yeah. that's kind of the, point um yeah and it feels like that and certainly isn't the top christmas movie or bill murray movie um yeah 
rewatching it, I enjoyed a lot more of his uh, mannerisms. He was mm. a total ass until the last five minutes. And that's fun to watch him be like that cynical. Um, yeah. The constant scowling, the insults, the backhanded comments is, is, is fun coming from him. The movie rushes into this resolve at the end. Uh, I feel a little too fast. We see the ghosts and we're all familiar with the story and the experiences, but the end is quick and it all comes to like a grinding halt. I will probably watch it again in 10 years. <laughs> I feel nice. like that's an appropriate buffer. And yeah, I just feel like I agree with you hundred percent. It seemed like, I just don't know if maybe Bill misunderstood the assignment or maybe Richard Donner just, you know, cause he had just done lethal weapon before he did this. If I remember right, looking through his IMDb. Yeah. And I just, I just feel like, I don't know if he just wasn't sure how to make a comedy or if they, how much of a comedy they wanted it to be. I don't know. I, I, I really couldn't get a feel for it. Matt, what did you what did you think about this? So this is my second attempt watching it. I tried to watch it last year and mm. I can't even remember what happened. I fell asleep. But this is like <laughs> sure. essentially my first time seeing it. And uh, I mean, I share a lot of the same feelings. There's something felt off. Um, I don't there's something about Bill Murray's performance. Like at, at the beginning, like I was kind of in and then it kind of like I almost feel like he was he was in that mode for too long. Like yeah. it didn't, it didn't get believably better. Like he had those moments, but then he was just like back. And like, it was almost like until he turned, it was just like a hard switch. And then it was like just turning it all off. And so I felt like it was way too long like that. And it's, it's funny that we mentioned his mannerisms. I felt like there was so much Bill Murray close-ups in this movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, so much. And uh, I thought that was interesting. And I mean, yeah, he's he's at the top of his game with with some of those movies that he was coming out with in the 80s. So it's like he's a he's a star, like give give the star the camera time. But a uh, lot of a lot of frames with Bill Murray just taking up the whole <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but the, the late 80s, like Christmas movie specifically vibe is just awesome. And it just for that alone, like take the Bill Murray out of it and just like just being in that world again is entertaining to me. And so um, while it's not my favorite Bill Murray movie, I was glad that I watched it. Yeah. I think like for me, I don't know. I know he's like a very capable director, but I think like Richard Donner kind of seems like the issue, I guess here. Like I I liked it. I had a good time. I, I loved Bill Murray's performance in large part because of all the like, improv stuff he did you know and maybe had to do because of the script and stuff like that but i don't know like it's it's crazy to say this about the guy who did goonies who did the lethal weapons like who has done funny movies but you know he's also done like superman and like had like director's cut issues before and stuff like that so and i I mean i don't know i just feel like that's kind of where this fell short I I liked the movie that I felt like Bill Murray signed up for, like that he was trying to get yeah. done. Um, I I do. I think he was funny. Like I know he was like, I, I agree with your point, Tyler, that like maybe this works better in his like later years. But keeping in mind that he's like essentially Ebenezer Scrooge, like he is supposed to be like kind of the curmudgeon-y funny dude, and I think he did a pretty good job with that. I like that they turned it into basically just like 
this business bigwig who's like focused on that kind of stuff, like less yeah. about like, you know, the other Ebenezer's like, oh, money, money, money. He's just like, oh, I just want like the promotion. I want like whatever. Like he's just kind of got a big head basically. Um, yeah. But I, I had a good time with it. I, I, my memory was that I saw this in theaters. I don't know if that's true or not because I would have been five. But I just remember <laughs> yeah. and specifically seeing like, uh, on the TV set, um, I, I think it must have been like the last, you know, big monologue kind of thing. So it's that scene that was playing in my head every time I would think about Scrooge. And I don't know if I had watched it since then. So mm. I had fun with it. Um, I almost wish he could get a redo with a director that was more in mm-hmm. line to make a funny Christmas Carol movie. Because like we've seen funny yeah. ones like Muppets and stuff like that. You can do it. And if you have Bill Murray kind of in his prime in the eighties, like it's hard, but I mean, Richard Donner was in his prime. He was doing lethal weapon. I think it just didn't mesh as well as it probably as, as it probably should have. Yeah. I just, I feel like it was just the wrong bill. You know, it seemed like they were like, Hey, go in there and be like, uh, just go in there and be Vankman like on Coke. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, be the goofy asshole, but just like supercharged version of it. And I just feel like a little bit more of the subtlety and the, and, and a subdued cynical, silly performance like he does in something like Rushmore or, yeah. you know, like the life aquatic or something just would have been a little bit better for it. You know, maybe not quite as cold and callous as he is in St. Vincent, but that's, you know what I mean? Just something a little yeah. more subtle. He was like, he was just like over the top wacky. And I just like, I couldn't buy it. I just was like, it seemed like it, I don't know. It just didn't, the character just didn't work for me. But I, I think, I think you're right, Ben. I think it, I think it was all about Richard Donner. I don't know that he was able to communicate to Bill or maybe he just couldn't wrangle Bill. Maybe Bill was just going to be Bill. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's like Belushi on blues brothers where he's just like, I hope <laughs> yeah. he shows up, you know, like yeah. who knows for sure. Because, you know, speaking about Coke binges, this was like the height of it for for Bill. We talked about it once. <laughs> and for after America. We, after we got on first name basis, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like you mentioned, Ben, this is a retelling of The Christmas Carol. Um, and uh, be, But beyond that, I was curious if there was anything else you guys noticed in the movie that sort of jumped out to you that taught, you know, that you know you you see in other movies uh matt likes to call this the what's in the soup segment so as you were watching this uh what were some scenes or things tropes or whatever that you picked up that you've seen other places Graydon, um i'll start with you there's this whole what i noticed is there's this whole movie and media production behind the scenes aspect that is used yeah. a lot from the point of the screenwriter or the directing behind the scenes um, besides the Christmas Carol that like spoke the most to me. Cause that's a big part of the movie. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of others that it compares to, um, I know there's so many, um, but I just can't think of ones that come to my mind beforehand. I think of like the disaster artist or Birdman and mm-hmm. just this whole behind oh, yeah, the yeah. scenes. Birdman's a good one. This is the production. Um, and it, the beginning reminded me, um also there's some opening scenes and it reminded me of uh weird owls uh <laughs> song the night santa went crazy <laughs> that okay because yeah. it really takes you off on this other thing you're like oh is this a is this santa claus and elves and uh yeah yeah that that might be like a little too 
too deep of a <laughs> connection to a Weird Al song, but it takes you off guard. Um, but then you realize quickly this is all about TV, and that's who he is, and that's what he's doing, and that's mm. kind of the other vibe I get from this movie. Yeah, no, that's a good. I point. agree with that. Well, and like, I mean, you mentioned Weird Al, and it can't be coincidence with the way this movie went that a year later UHF comes out, right? Mm. There's mm. like even that has like the behind the scenes type stuff. And like when Bill Murray's in that, like uh, that dog costume, that's very much yeah. like a setting oh, yeah. for like yeah. the total Michael UHF Richards, thing. Michael yeah. Richards. Yeah. yeah, totally. Exactly. And so I think, I mean, yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe weird Al and Richard Donner, you know, we're collaborating and <laughs> maybe weird Al saw this and like, I've, I've got to make this a song. <laughs> I got to do it. He was sitting in the theater with his accordion. And <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, I, yeah, I think along without the UHF stuff, it's just like how crazy the eighties got, I guess with comedies and Bill Murray was kind of, again, we talked about it, but kind of in the middle of everything, you know, he'd already done Caddyshack on the first Ghostbusters. But, you know, this got followed up by Ghostbusters 2 and What About Bob, Groundhog Day. Like, he went on a, a real tear there for a while. Um, and also after Ghostbusters, before this, one of my favorite roles of his in Little Shop of Horrors. He's great in that. Um, and I guess, like, when I was watching this, it kind of felt like maybe out of necessity from what, you know, we've read about the scripts and stuff like that. But I did enjoy seeing kind of the off of the cuff Bill Murray, who I think we see a little bit in the Wes Anderson stuff, although that, that feels like very structured, but more specifically kind of like in Caddyshack and in Ghostbusters where some of these guys, like we were talking about Richard Donner and I was like, well, who would have directed it better? And nowadays I'd almost put like early Adam McKay, you know, cause he would do that with like stepbrothers and stuff where it's just like, let's just keep rolling. Let's shout stuff out. Let's let Will and John C. Riley just like, throw stuff out we'll find something i think that's that's like the kind of director bill needed for this you know and so it was good to see him i guess like kind of improving and just kind of coming up with stuff off the top of his head but it just it drew me to the other directors or the other roles that let him do that and it just felt like this kind of got stifled you know which was mm. a bummer but that's yeah that's kind of what i saw in here yeah i could see that for sure and it's like it definitely speaks to the trust that you would have to have in Bill Murray or anyone at this time. Cause film's so expensive at this, at the time True. that this was made. So it's like, you could see why the director would want them to stick to the script, but it's like, mm. it's, it's Bill, it's Bill fucking Murray, man. Like you, you've got a, <laughs> you've, you've got the, you've got the bullet, you know, pull yeah. the trigger, right? Like exactly. let, let the man, let the man do his thing. Um, my I, the the thing that jumped out at me was the fake trailers at the beginning. Um, it was like immediate parallels to Tropic Thunder. I like I almost I did the the Leo meme. I was like, hey, that's Tropic Thunder, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's where they got that they got that whole bit, but um, I definitely saw that. And um, the ghosts inside the chest cavity of the ghost mm. of future, whatever the the yeah the ghost of mm -hmm. yeah, ghost, ghost of, of christmas future, future. Yeah. yeah anyways when he pulled that out i got like major labyrinth fives so oh, yeah um so nice tie into the other um graden appearance here but yeah i was just like oh man that's so cool it really reminded me especially for whatever reason of like the hands hallway scene yes just, like, yeah the yeah i don't know i thought that was super cool um so you know i don't know that 
any of us loved this movie that much. And I'm wondering, is this the least well-rated movie in our history, our official history? I know Larry Crown took some hits, but... Uh, Rules of Attraction was a... Yeah, are you talking about within the pod here? Yeah, ever since Do the Right Thing, since the the official Mm. first episode of the pod. I think we talked about Larry Crown on a, on a little pod, but yeah, like, I think this is the first movie that like, I don't know. I, th- I think this is the one that we like the least, but anyways, we don't, the point of this podcast isn't to talk people out of watching movies. We want, we want everyone to explore things. Cause you know, if you're listening or watching to this podcast, you might like it better than we do. Um, and like, you know, it, I think all of us agree it gets better as it goes along. So, you know, give it a shot. Um, but uh, let's do the elevator pitch. So what scene, Graydon, would you show to someone to convince them to watch this movie? Um, being completely honest, uh, when he goes to the uh, ghost of Christmas past and he's showing him his younger self, there's two things mm-hmm. that I laughed at a lot. Him going to the, the mid-memory of him set at the Christmas party with his mm. wild, half-bald, half premiere as like half mullet like when i first yeah. saw that i have not that seen Bill Murray like that and i was just like wow this is i will just watch him do anything in this haircut yeah uh, he shows him his first memory and he the one right before that and he says that he doesn't care um when he's like a, a very young child in the 50s um mm. and he doesn't care to see his mother and he doesn't care and the um, ghost who looks like the ghost of Benicio del Toro uh, <laughs> says that Attila of the Hun said the same thing in Niagara Falls, baby. <laughs> and then you watch Bill Murray have to do a fake cry, but real tears like presumably come out. And it's yeah. just really funny watching him c- cry because he's always <laughs> so indifferent um, to the different events in his movies. Uh, he's lovable, yeah. funny guy bit of a pain um but you know he's kind of the opposite now still a pain but just an absolute dick (laughs) to everybody (laughs) yes i get it you're taking me back in time to show me my mother and father and i'm supposed to get all goosey and blubbery well forget it pal you get the wrong guy that's exactly what a dilettahun said but when he saw his mother niagara falls (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean mine's the same just to tag on to that also from ghost of christmas past and it is like when he's a little kid at the house um more specifically that the line the dad says like really got me but i think all of that would be a good scene to show somebody but uh when he's like asking for help or whatever it was like why people can't work he's like oh, everyone's like my back hurts my legs ache i'm only four you know <laughs> like, i just love like his delivery on that like he expects his son to have a job he's like i thought you were gonna get me a train he's like you can get a train when you get a job and you can buy it yourself it's like i'm only four all day long i listen to people give excuses why they can't work my back hurts my legs ache i'm only four but i i like that a lot i like that exchange and that like that his dad i think in that is played by one of bill murray's brothers i think all three of them yeah. are in this movie um, yeah that so that is? was kind of cool too because mm. i was like oh yeah they look this could definitely be bill murray's dad but yeah so that that yeah, uh, i like that 
that that same actor played uh Clark Griswold's boss in Christmas oh, Vacation. Oh, that's yeah. the yeah. voice. I knew yeah. the voice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't sense. remember. I think it's it might uh, be Brian Murray. Brian Doyle Murray, yeah. Brian yep. Doyle Murray. And also uh another good joke ties into his character when they were talking about uh in the flashback scene he's like when he, they're asking if he's asking if he can open presents. Bill's asking if he can open presents. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Didn't you family open presents on Christmas Eve?" And he's like, well, if it was going to spoil, we did. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like such a quick little joke. And like there were little nuggets like that uh, peppered throughout this uh, movie. But Matt, what, what scene would you show someone? Oh, man. Um, I so the scene when his old boss visits him as a mummified zombie. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when he pushes him through the glass and is holding him out the building. Yeah. Yes. If you just like pause that scene. That's one of the most insane things I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let alone Actually, a Bill Murray movie. He's dangling from outside the window <laughs> and a zombie's like holding him. It's like, what movie is this? I'm I, glad I you like, mentioned that because I was shocked. That's, that's another thing. Like, uh, it reminded me of Candyman. I just pictured being across the, oh, the yeah. canyon of, of buildings there, like yep. a different building across the street and seeing that happen from across <laughs> the street, you know, like. I don't know. That was a that was a fun little parallel. But yeah, you're right, Matt. Like I, I don't think I've seen that anywhere else, which is surprising because it's like a kind of a cool little like supernatural scare, you know. Like for the time for the special effects, I think they did a cool job pushing him through. And then when they cut, they've obviously like put a hole in the window and like he's like sticking his arm through there. I'm like, oh, yeah. that looks that's a pretty cool trick. I like this. A lot of the makeup, a lot of like the costumes and and whatnot were really cool in this. And actually, I saw that it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Mm. Makeup and Special Effects. Mm. Um, I don't know if it won, but it was nominated. Um, I would show the scene directly after he sees the ghost of Christmas present when he kind of stumbles back on set. And Mm. uh, he says, all right, everyone, we're going to we're going to get this done. I feel real weird about this. And like yeah. just that line floored me. Was, to me, it was the funniest part of the whole movie. And then he does, you know, stumbles into the elevator and you see Ghost of Christmas Future. Because I think, you know, if no one, if someone doesn't know about this movie, you can show them that and they'll be like, oh, they're doing the Christmas Carol thing and it's Bill Murray. And it's not too spoilery. It gives away like the funniest moment of the movie to me. But, you know, I, I think that's probably the way I'd have to go. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't sure if I wanted to do this for the for the pod or not because I frankly didn't really love any of the characters in this movie outside of Bill. But um, there's enough characters in here, and I think uh, there's enough uh, there's enough discussion to be had about who who takes the home the Apollonia Award here. Who who's the best supporting actor in this movie? Um, Graydon, let's start with you. Whether I would actually give them the award for best uh, supporting actor, uh, <laughs> someone who spoke out to me a lot and and took me off guard after rewatching it was Bobcat Goldthwaite. Yeah, uh, simply because you own it just really threw me off guard, honestly. And he had a huge role. You only ever hear yeah. his voice or often hear his voice in movies um, where he's playing a character, a cartoon, and to put the voice to the face and have him be from the beginning of the movie to the end yeah. of the movie where he has the big role and he comes back mm-hmm. crazy with the shotgun. Um, it, it, it was a big role um, and it kind of tied into the whole real Scrooge factor 
that he he was the dick. He was Scrooge. He kicked him out, yeah. fired him on Christmas yeah. Eve. He comes back and I don't know. I I think he did a good job for as well of a job Bobcat can do. Uh, yeah. For sure. But, well, but, and but it was great. In in my cold open, I, I talked about how we're not sure. We weren't sure at the time if, if Bill Murray could hold a, a leading role on his own because that was a concern they had. Uh, this was, I think, the first movie that he was like the sole lead role, you know, for the movie, uh, Bobcat kind of had a similar trajectory. Like he was sort of this weird one-off guy, but he's found quite the career for himself as a director. So yeah, we've got, we've got two guys that are like kind of, um, a little bit, uh, specific and niche God, Bobcat's very specific with that voice and his delivery and his mm-hmm. look. It's cool to see him play like a, uh, have like a normal look in this movie. Yeah. So I, th- I think, uh, I think that's a, a great pick. Um, Matt, who would you choose here? Oh, I got to go with the cab driver. Um, yeah. he's, uh, he's actually, uh, I can't remember his name. David Johansson, I think from mm-hmm. the New York dolls. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned this, there's, there's a quality in some of these like eighties movies that we don't get anymore just because like we've got the high definition we've got all these other things that we do in our movies now but like i mentioned this in blues brothers like that old car pulls up and you can like smell the gas yeah mm-hmm. and for sure. it's just like there's something about it um and the same with the cab driver like i feel like that anytime he's in the scene or in the cab like you can smell the the stale cigar smoke stale like, cigar. Yeah. For sure. yeah. the aesthetic is just so good it, it's so complete <laughs> and we don't get that too much anymore and just such a great character like yeah the niagara falls line it's, it's good stuff there's just a layer of film on all those windows you know there is you just like scrape off the smoke that's just built up on there it was such a gnarly cab um my apollonia is going to go to I'm going to give it to my uh, Christmas Carol Kane because I thought she was awesome as the ghost of Christmas present. I think for everybody that's in this movie, she is the person that matches up to Bill's energy the most throughout the whole thing. Yes. Which is why I think I liked their scenes together so much because she's the one that's really kind of throwing him for a loop, you know, like the dead old boss. It's like, all right, well, this is weird, you know, and then like the big, like you know ghost of christmas future is like scary but the carol kane christmas present i think was just really kind of like perplexing you know was, yeah he was just perplexed i guess like while he was with her and she was just giving him a run for his money and she's hilarious and her energy and her attitude i just i loved it so much i she was just like i was glad to see her in here um i forgot that she was in it i'm like oh this is like perfect casting because she was a ton of fun so that's who I'd give my Apollonia to uh, in large part, because I just feel like she's the one that matched bill the best throughout this whole movie. Yeah. It's funny. Like she was sort of the embodiment of that family guy meme. Like you hit the shin on the fire hydrant mm. and it just good. Like what I mean, but what I mean is her, like just her giggle and like her whole vibe. I yeah. was like, Oh, this is silly. And then I hated it. And then it just kind of like kept growing on me. And then <laughs> yeah. by the time it was done, I liked it because it just was like, it was a lot. And I agree it like it it seemed like her and Bill were making the same movie and no no one else was making the movie they were for making. sure. So yeah. I agree with yeah. that for sure. Um I'm gonna give it to uh Alfre Alfre Alfrey. Alfrey Woodard. She plays Alfrey Woodard, yeah. She plays yeah. Grace. Um it was t- in all honesty, it was like a 
sort of a tie between her and Karen Allen for me. Um, I, I think it's just because I obviously we're not supposed to like Bill's character. We like, there's really no one in the movie that you can like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's not true, but as far as people, we see a lot, you know, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to be on board with the way Bill's acting, uh, both as a character and both, both as, as the character and as like how we've discussed, he's like, seems to be working in opposition to like the rest of the movie. Like he's on a different track. So just like, I like watching him at all times, but I just wish that he was making the same movie as everyone else. But having said that it was, it was fun to have someone like uh, grace or, um, uh, uh, Claire to like ground you a little bit and have a little yeah. bit of heart. You know what I mean? And I like that she, you know, I, I don't like the subservient nature of her character and some of like the, uh, unfortunate, uh, racial undertones of, of that character. You know what I mean? The yeah. only person of color is his secretary, but, I do like that she like, you know, she had some moxie. She had some spirit and she's, you know, she let him know he was being an asshole in the ways that she could. So, um, and it felt like, know. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. please. No, no, no. I'm, I'm rep. I'm, I'm all done there. I just, I felt like they almost, um, you know, the traditional Christmas Carol story with, uh, Cratchit a Bob Cratchit or whatever. He was employee. Yeah. Like it felt like that got split between Bobcat and mm-hmm. alfrey woodard yeah. here because like totally. i kept expecting to go see bobcat's family and he's like oh i mm-hmm. got fired i'm sorry like all that kind of stuff but we yeah. just see him basically like become a drunk and like homeless living on the streets but we go see alfrey woodard's family and like how she's you know coping with everything that's going on so that was an interesting choice to like kind of split it up between two people um i th- i think it worked. I don't know for sure. I guess I just like, I like Bobcat. So I'm up, I'm up for whatever he's going to be doing. Um, but Alfred Woodard was great. I also, because you mentioned her, I just want, I made a note that like, uh, it's amazing how like the first thing you see somebody or something in is kind of how you remember that person. Because for me, Karen Allen is just the mom from Sandlot. I want you to get out into the fresh air and make some friends. Run around, scrape your knees, get dirty. Climb trees, hop fences, get into trouble for crying out loud. Like that's who oh. she is always, you know? And I was like, oh yeah, it's a mom from Sandlot. But it's like, she's been in like Animal House. She was marrying in like Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Like she's in like all these other oh, big right. movies. Like, But for me, I'm just like, oh, oh it's the mom yeah. from Sandlot. Cool. You know, but that's like, that's the first thing I remember <laughs> her from. Like, I know I saw Indiana Jones like in my youth, you know, that was one of the trilogies I thought about doing because I don't remember any of it. It's like, oh, yeah, she's in that. But to me, she's just like she's the one, you know, telling him to go out and get into a little trouble. It's like, man, it's just so interesting what you associate with people. It's kind of like, I think for a lot of us, the Gene Wilder effect where he's Willy Wonka. But then you go, you know, watch like Stir Crazy or, you know, Speaking of Evil, Hear No Evil, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. oh, he used to make like her Blazing Saddles. Like he did a lot mm-hmm. of like risque comedy stuff. Like he wasn't just Willy Wonka, but it's like that's who he's always going to be. Because that was the first thing I remember him as. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I also feel like she was sort of un- she was utilized in a weird way in this movie. It felt yeah. like there were yeah. parts of the movie where she was just like gone and like not even a thought. Like, yeah, no one was even thinking about it. And then like all of a sudden you see her again. It's like, oh, yeah, Bill's girlfriend. You yeah. Know? Yeah. She was gone a lot. She was I think she was used very poorly, but I, I was glad to see her. I just that's another thing where I'm like, 
did it get lost in the script or was this like a Richard Donner's like, oh, I don't want to tell that story that much or what's happening here. I don't know, but it was good to see her. I just wish we got more of her. Um, Ben, you touched on something I think is a good topic to talk about Bill Murray. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain here for the listeners and viewers. Uh, we have a, a, a document we go off of that sort of outlines the episode and I didn't put this in there, but I want to talk about it because Bill Murray is, is a person that, I feel like everyone saw for the first time in a different movie. Mm. So I want to know, Graydon, who, when you see Bill Murray or when you hear Bill Murray, what's the movie you think of? I default to the Wes Anderson movies. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Royal Tenenbaums, especially where um, he kind of plays a smaller character or um, I mean, what what Wes Anderson movie is he not in? Honestly, yeah. he just is tied so closely with nearly everything he's done, and those always just come to mind, movie wise at least. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Benjamin, what feel, do you think of? I mean, if I if I really sit back and think about it, like the first thing I probably saw him in in theaters. It was a movie called Larger Than Life. I don't know if oh, you yeah. guys had the seen elephant. that. Yeah, exactly. Like the tagline on IMDb says, a motivational speaker discovers that the inheritance his father left for him is in the form of an elephant. And he has to like, <laughs> I think like walk across the country with it or so. I don't remember exactly, but I'm like, I feel like it's the first thing I saw him in. So that's always <laughs> what hops into my mind. It's like, is that did I dream that movie? Like, this is the first time I'm really looking it up. Cause like, I remember Bill Murray and an elephant. Um, cause I'm sure like I saw ghostbusters, but that wasn't a thing like in my youth where I was like, Oh, I love this. Like, I don't even remember when I saw it and all of this comedy before that, like Caddyshack and stripes and all that. I'm like, I would have been too young to see that. So yeah, I really think it's this fucking elephant movie was the first <laughs> thing that I saw him in. But like now, when I think about it, like obviously Wes Anderson, but, really so much of that early SNL stuff is probably like how I like mm. would choose to remember him. You know, I think some of that stuff that he did was, I don't know, it set the tone for SNL. So uh, yeah, that's probably what I would go with that in the elephant movie. Yeah. I'll allow it. Thank you. I, I feel like <laughs> early on in my, I guess, movie viewing experience in my life, um, the, the two movies that I saw the most with Bill Murray in them were the man who knew too little and kingpin mm. oh, and yeah. i love yeah. i love both those movies and so I, I probably think of him more as the guy in the man who knew too little um but i mean yeah i mean what about bob was around there too so that's kind of like the character that i think about with bill murray and obviously he's he's aged great and sort of aged into the wes anderson roles mm-hmm. um yeah. which is great to see it's it's like, it's like a completely different book but it's wonderful mm-hmm. I feel like Ern McCracken is the closest approximation to the character he's playing in this movie. Just that yeah. wild over the top asshole energy. I feel like, although for whatever reason, his character, Bill's character in Scrooge is a little more lovable than Ern McCracken, even though there's still the same like wild asshole, but I feel like that's a, a pretty good parallel. I am. Um, I honestly think of Zombieland first. It's not the movie that I've seen the most of his. It's not even my favorite movie with Bill Murray in it. I do love that movie, but you know, I put it in my intro. It's the whole, because I feel like if I were to see Bill Murray, whether it be a zombie apocalypse or not, uh, 
even if it's just in a pandemic, I'll, we'll we'll take just a pandemic here. <laughs> I would have that same reaction. Like, it's Bill fucking Murray. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think I think uh, just because it's so close to my actual what my actual reaction would be. That's what I think of. Um, I can't remember the first movie I saw of his. I was a huge fan of Ghostbusters, but I always watched the cartoons. I don't think my parents yeah. or grandparents would. I'm sure they let me watch it, but I don't really remember it. It didn't stick as a kid. I just liked the cartoons. Um, but yeah, definitely um, Life Aquatic specifically with regards to the Wes Anderson movies. I love that movie. Um, mm-hmm. we'll probably talk about that later. Um, yeah, no, that, that was a fun little exercise. I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up, Ben. Um, so like I mentioned, I, I knew nothing about this movie. All, I'd ever, all I ever knew about it was that I saw the cover. I had seen the the wild hair and the Scrooge and the skeleton arm. It's a pretty cool cover. And, you know, it's like it, it, the, compel- the, the cover itself is compelling enough to, like, be interesting. But regardless, I never watched the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> so after watching it and kind of like I just knew there was going to be some strange trivia or there was going to be things to talk about with regards to trivia for this movie because how do you have a movie with Bill Murray at like sort of like at the beginning of his ascension, like right when he's starting to find his stride, uh, he's like the main character. It's a Christmas movie. It's a comedy. It just seemed like this would be a bigger movie. So I'm, I would, you know, I was super, uh, curious to dig into some of the trivia and I'm wondering if you guys found anything in your research about this movie that you thought was interesting. Uh, Graydon, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, Firstly, I didn't realize uh, upon looking looking it up how much of this was they gave him free reign, right? Like I kind of talked mm. about it, just like you're the star, do your thing. You're good at uh, imp- improv, you know. You're an SNL, and so Bill ad libbed a lot of it. Um, there's a scene where Frank uh, or Bill is trying to get the audience in the movie theater to par- participate, yeah. and that was totally ad libbed. Um, also there is a, there's a funny scene when he is first visited by, um, the initial ghost of Lou who tells him that he's going to be visited by more ghosts. Mm. Um, and he's at, uh, lunch with some uppity exec, super fancy restaurant, place. super fancy restaurant, super fancy. And he like basically starts hallucinating or actually seeing the ghosts and um, a waiter catches on fire when he's just making normal food. And when Frank throws water on the waiter, uh, he closes it with a line. He says, I'm sorry. You know, I thought you were Richard Pryor and he walks (laughs) out and this is a crazy reference back to the old good old SNL days. Um, Yeah where apparently Richard Pryor was uh, freebasing drugs and accidentally set himself on fire, and he ran down the street on fire in Los Angeles. Whether Bill was there, I don't know, but it's kind of it's kind um, of a dig. <laughs> kind of a, it's a that huge kind of dig at Richard Pryor. Like, um, yeah, that, it's a tough I, one. I never got that. I never got that until I was just looking it up. Why did he, why did he call him that? I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to plug a guy. He needs a lot of help. Um, let's, let's shout his podcast out. Listeners go check him out. He's, he's got a struggling pod. It's called WTF with Mark Marin. I ever heard of huh. it. Um, so he just interviewed, uh, Richard Pryor's wife, 
well, one of his wives, who was his wife at the time that happened. And she was in the house and she, I won't, you know, recount her story for her, but um, Graydon, you should check that out. And uh, I would recommend mm-hmm. anyone who's a fan of, you know, movies and comedy and all that sort of history, check it out. It's a pretty wild story. Um, I won't touch on it any more than that because I feel like she should be the one that tells you that story. But yeah, it's sure. it's a wild. And I actually was like kind of taken back by that joke here. Um, I know when this came out was pretty close to the time that, that happened and it was pretty fresh in everyone's mind and it was yeah. like a big deal. And I feel like um, the level of insensitivity was uh, congruent to the times. You know what I mean? But I was just like, (laughs) I was like, it was kind of a pearl clutching moment. I was like, Oh, (laughs) like you can't, you can't say that. That was, that was intense, Bill. Um, But it definitely, the bus. Yeah. Definitely got a reaction out of me. Um, Ben, what did you, what did you dig up here? I mean, honestly, I I made a note about that same thing. Cause I really, I, I guess I took it as like, I didn't take it in a bad way. We made the Richard Pryor joke. I thought it was a you know, reference to like one of his most famous stand-up routines from Live at the Sunset Strip where he talks about it. I want to say y'all gave me a lot of love when I was not feeling well. And y'all really, I appreciate it. Also, y'all did some, also, oh yeah, applaud yourself. <laughs> also, y'all did some nasty ass jokes on my ass too. Oh yeah, y'all didn't think I saw so many of these motherfuckers. Since you love me so much. I remember this one. It's strike the match like this. It's like, what's that? Richard Pryor running down the street. I saw it as like kind of a nod thing, but not necessarily like a oh, dig. Okay. But either way, like yeah, I, I, mean, I thought it was it was just passing enough. Just like you said, like, oh, if it would spoil, like there's a lot of like quick jokes in here. Um, same like they talk about like Kojak in there and Richard Donner had like directed episodes. So I think there's plenty of this stuff where like almost like, you know, the fourth wall kind of thing. It was like, oh, let's make a, a meta joke here that some people might get. Um, I also just, we've been talking about SNL so much. I think this is the first thing I've ever actually seen Robert Goulet in. Oh, like, yeah. I don't yeah, think I ever knew yeah, what yeah. it was. And now seeing this and then like thinking about everything from Will Ferrell, I was like, oh my God, that's like spot on. Like I had no idea. Like I assumed obviously it was like a great impression. Like, I don't know who Robert Goulet is, but now seeing that, I was like, oh my God, that's perfect. I know one thing we can agree on. When a professional gets his mitts on a song, that's when it really takes off. It's so good. So I, I love that. Um, but my my trivia thing that I, I I don't know, like I kind of went back and forth on whether or not I would have wanted it. But I guess um, Matt's Apollonia winner, the cab driver, was originally going to be Sam Kinison, which mm. I think my initial reaction was like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, that'd be so cool. But then I'm like. Man, Sam Kinison and Bobcat Goldthwait. That's a and lot. <laughs> Bill Murray and in the Bill same Murray movie. That's just like, yeah, like that's just that's a lot. Like, I don't know if it would work that well. I I want to see Sam Kinison as the ghost of Christmas past in some movie. It may have just been too much in this one, <laughs> but this like one. <laughs> my initial reaction was like, oh my god, that would have been so good. It was like that also probably just would have been so much. Like to have when when you make a movie and Bobcat's like the calm one, <laughs> the three, it's like, all right, this is a fucking crazy movie. So yeah. uh I did like that he was supposed to or he was in the running for the role, but um yeah, he didn't get in. I think overall it's probably for the better, but I still I still want yeah. it. Well, speaking of casting sliding doors, apparently Bill Murray turned down the lead role of Rain Man 
as well as the lead role in Big and Cocktail to to make this movie. Crazy. Um, I'll be honest. I'm glad that he did. I don't know that any of those movies are better with Bill Murray. I've never seen Cocktail, but yeah, I was just gonna I ask, know. like, are any of those better? Like, Tom. I mean, if he's taking the Tom Cruise role, like a lot of it's about like how hot he is, you know, as a bartender. I'm like, I don't picture that with Bill Murray. Like, maybe he's playing <laughs> the older guy. I forget who I that know, is. With that, with that sort of permed mullet. That <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that. if he had rocked, he that does for have sure. that sparkle in his eyes. That's just <laughs> intoxicating. It's crazy. It's two Tom Cruise movies. Tom Cruise had a big 88 with a Rain Man and cocktail. It's nuts. Yeah. um yeah yeah that that would have been weird two movies stolen from tom cruise um and you know having talked about the disconnect in what we feel like richard donner versus bill murray was doing um apparently there was a pretty heavy disconnect on set as well they didn't enjoy working together the two of them Hmm. um and uh i guess roger ebert who said this is the worst film adaptation of a christmas carol he had ever seen um apparently he talked to bill about that and uh you know about any disagreements bill murray may have had with richard donner and bill said um only a few every single minute of the day that could have been a really really great movie the script was so good and there's maybe one take in the final cut of the movie that's mine uh we made it so fast and it was like he was doing the movie live he kept telling me to do things louder 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 i think he was deaf and like (laughs) that totally reads to me because bill is like I can actually, you can actually kind of see that. Like, I I don't know that, uh, I don't know that Bill Murray did much to stop him. I think he probably enjoyed being able to, you know, really let loose, but it definitely, you can definitely see it. So it tracks to me that there's some, some disagreements between director and actor there. Um, there's a lot of good trivia for this movie. Um, it's a fun one to dig into the IMDB section for those curious. Um, so I feel like, this is a perfect movie. This is like the perfect movie for the Adam driver. Wait, drive-in double Matt, feature. did you give yours? Oh, wait, well, I didn't really have um, one. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. No, we're good. <laughs> My bad. Um, so I skipped Matt. <laughs> I was trying, I was going to try and make a joke, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. I feel bad. <laughs> I need to be visited by a ghost and learn to appreciate Matt. Just more. be like there Bill. You know. Yell more and more and more <laughs> and more. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, what sorry, I fucked up oh, your yeah. flow. I was just like, no, oh. no, 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 it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I screwed it up. I skipped over six, 33% of this podcast. <laughs> you, you scrooged it up. You scrooged, I scrooged it up. You scrooged us. All right. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> See you all later. Yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> We're not going to talk um, that. <laughs> well, yeah, let's uh, let's move into the uh, drive-in double feature brought to us by our good friend Adam Driver. Uh, I feel like you know if if you have to watch this movie, it might be a good idea to pair it with something else to try and get the taste out of your mouth. So, uh, uh, Graydon, what are you going to pair this movie with? I want to do an Adam Driver impression, <laughs> but, but I, think I want you, I want you to do an Adam Driver impression. Tell us your movie is Adam Driver. <laughs> but this is very off the cuff. Um, if I had to, uh, I would be happy to see this movie with Jingle All the Way, followed up by Scrooge. God damn it! That would be great. That would be wow. great. I love it. Spot on. That was perfect. By far the best Adam Driver impression that we've had on the podcast. And yes, well worth not ending. 
Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was very taken out of my game there. I felt so bad skipping over Matt, but Graydon just revived me. We're back. We're back. I've I've once again forgotten all about Matt. I'm all about Graydon. (laughs) That's not true. Matt, what, what would you pair this with? Oh, man. Um, I put in my letterboxed review that this sort of felt like the spirit prequel to A Very Murray Christmas with him being up in the studio, um, you know, inviting guests on, especially like that end scene where he's like just kind of like talking with everybody um, felt very much like this could segue into that. Only in Hmm. Very Murray Christmas, he's Bill Murray and not um, Dick. Dick Cross. (laughs) he's more oh, of the, the lovable that was another uncle. thing i wanted to point out so i mean right now it's kind of trendy to have like a shirt that has a word and a definition with it i thought it was interesting that his closet had like cross something that you're nailed to like yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah in his in his closet it's like oh, so pretty hot topic time. <laughs> i was wondering about that i was like what so that was in his like his office right like yeah was that in his office or was it his apartment I, th- I thought it was like at at the executive office and i'm like it was yeah yeah his brother was what in there. statement is that trying to make you know what i mean i was like that's a very specific choice to put on the walls i guess it's just uh you know if, if you're the one at the top calling the shots like you're the one that's going to get nailed to the cross i guess i don't know i just yeah. thought it was like it was trying to say something but much like the rest of this movie i couldn't figure out what it was trying to say uh what would yeah. you pair this with ben so I had on here, I th- I'm going to switch up the order because this is a, probably a risky movie here, but I'm going to do back-to-back Christmas Carol movies. Mm. Um, I initially so wanted... I know, I know. It's like, <laughs> don't talk politics, yeah. don't talk religion, and do not play back-to-back Christmas Carol movies. <laughs> I understand. But I'm breaking the rules here. Uh, I initially was going to have the Muppets Christmas Carol first because I was like, oh, kids can watch it first and blah, blah, blah. But as the Michael Jordan meme says... Fuck them kids. I'm playing yeah. Muppets Christmas Carol second. We're going to watch Scrooge <laughs> first. And then we're going to watch like a, a really, really good. I mean, we watched it last year for a watch party um, oh, and it's so good. Like it, it's such a wonderful adaptation. Probably my favorite, like one of the best ones. I think overall, I mean, I don't know. We're all kind of like whatever on this movie. I think overall I might be the most positive on it. Like I had a good time with it. Um, but still like nothing's going to top them up at Christmas Carol. So I'd show Scrooge first and then let's like cleanse the palate. Like Tyler said, and let's watch them up at Christmas Carol. Nice. Yeah. A man after Great. my own heart. <clears throat> and, uh, Matt had the same strategy and I'm going to follow suit. Um, I'm going to get Scrooge out of the way, out of the way. Um, <laughs> people, you know, people can show up late. They can catch the second half of the movie. It's the only, the only half worth watching. Maybe Maybe show up when he when he meets the ghost of Christmas past. That's when it starts to get fun, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get that out of the way, and it's all fine. That's great. That's good. Uh, and then we can move on to Elf, which I thought had a lot of fun parallels. You know, like a a a, a captain of industry uh, mm-hmm. trying to work through Christmas and finding yeah. the spirit again. You know, obviously, um, I can't remember the guy. I can't remember um, Bob New. It's not well, Bob Newhart's the narrator. I can't remember the, James Con. James Conn. Yeah, yeah, James Conn. The I father of Scott Conn from Ocean's yeah. Eleven. <laughs> That's right. Um, That's what he's anyways. known for. Not the godfather, nothing like that. He's nope. just known as Scott Conn's dad. <laughs> Congrats. You did it. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously he wasn't the main character of Elf, but, you know, there was there was enough similarities there. And uh, I don't know. I just love Elf. So yeah. let's get Scrooge out of the way. and Let's hang out with Will Ferrell. 
who understood the assignment, an elf, and was perfectly casted and placed into the world of elf. For sure. Um, something I cannot say about Bill Murray and Scrooge. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of Bill Murray, we love him. There's so many great Bill Murray movies, and I can't believe we haven't had an opportunity to do this yet. Um, so let's do it. Let's head to our Rushmore Mountain. These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? Let's fill out uh, our Rushmore Mountain for Bill Murray and Graydon. Bill's your, I mean, Bill's all of our guys, but he's your desert island. You get to go first. Tell us what are your four desert island movies? First and foremost, Rushmore. Or Rushmore. Yeah, Rushmore movies. Yeah, Rushmore for Rushmore. Rushmore Whoa. is uh, one of the first movies I randomly saw Bill in on TV on a little like old crap TV on TV. And I immediately was just drawn to him um, and the performance. And I just knew something was weird. That was the first Wes Anderson movie. And of course now he's been in all of them, mm-hmm. but he just has such a great role. Uh, yeah. I love him in space jam. <laughs> yeah. Cause he has a pretty decent <laughs> role in there. Yeah. It's very shadowed by, you know, the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan, but Bill's parts are really, he's great. got my favorite line. Larry's clear. uh yeah i mean both of those are i love them um what about bob every time i revisit that one i'm just like yes i'm I'm happy i put this on i'm sailing i'm sailing Um, maybe as a strange one that I enjoyed watching, um, was where the Buffalo room where he's Hunter S Thompson and he doesn't Uh, do a great job. Uh, I'll be honest, like not trying to throw too much praise to Jay Depp because he's got plenty (laughs) of it. Um, but Bill Murray as Hunter S Thompson is very entertaining and, uh, (laughs) it's a good one. Awesome. That's interesting. I didn't know that he did that. So Bill Murray played Hunter S. Thompson in a movie with Johnny Depp, right? It's yeah. not, uh, it's Who not. then went. Oh, wait, oh, I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off. Well, no, no, no. So, but is that true? So he played it in a movie. He played Hunter S. Thompson in a movie alongside Johnny Depp. Is that what you um, mean? No, it pre, uh, precedes um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were saying he played a movie, he played with Johnny Depp, who then went on to play Hunter S. Thompson. Okay. And both playing Hunter S. Thompson, Fear and Loathing, versus Where the Buffalo Roam, which is, a, gotcha. I think it's the story of the like 1972 him following Nixon, but uh, just a lot of him just like drinking whiskey, trying to be Hunter S. Thompson, just being wild right. as fuck on screen. Oh, I want to see yeah. that. Yeah, That's it's cool. pretty... Pretty entertaining. I love it. Matthew, fill out your Rushmore for me, please. I won't skip you this time. All right. Are you <laughs> sure it's my turn, it. Tyler? <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if you're going to pick me. because Ben, okay, let's, hear your, let's hear your Rushmore, Ben. Matthew All right. So my pick. <laughs> oh, it's my turn? Oh, I get a turn I this suppose. time. Um, I got to go Ghostbusters. Yeah. What about Bob? Man who knew too much, Kingpin. Kingpin kills me, man. I, I, yeah. he's so funny in Kingpin. Big Earn. His that his hair in that movie is just <laughs> it's out of control. <laughs> like, so if you're if you're listening or watching, you don't know this, but Matt is putting together 
Matt, who was an invaluable member of this team and who I love dearly, is putting together some really cool graphics to go on T-shirts based on our unsung gem rounds. Uh, and I wish Kingpin could be considered an unsung gem so we could get a T-shirt with Bigger and McCracken's yeah, maybe wild someday. hair. Maybe someday. Maybe. Well, this pod is about movies that we haven't seen, so there's yeah. a chance I could pick that someday because I have never oh. seen Kingpin. No wonder you were that quiet. Yeah, shocking. Like nothing to contribute to this conversation. Tyler and I were just crying, <laughs> laughing, and you're just quiet. <laughs> it's like us when we get into Lebowski talk, and it's like, all right, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, like, I'll be right back, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, mine are let's see, Stripes, which was uh, that was a blind watch at one point uh threw it on i was like oh this was really good he was great that's super early bill murray too that was i mean that's I his know, first like, movie right i think it's like the first i mean he did like where the buffalo roam in 80 and caddyshack but i think this was his first like real leading role uh oh, was okay i thought it came stripes. before caddyshack that's right that's yeah right. so meatballs was 79 and then 80 had where the buffalo roaming caddyshack but i feel like this was kind of his first like let's see what this guy can do let's make him a hollywood icon that you said he would yeah. never be um no no i didn't <laughs> say that 1988 that's version true. of the listener said that, that that's me. who said that um <laughs> so yeah i really liked him in that i thought that was great also great cast got, got john candy and i mean that's all you need to say so check out stripes um I've know. never seen stripes. It's really good. Um, <laughs> so now I we're do, even. We're all even. We're all even. <laughs> uh, I often try not to have repeats, but sometimes you just can't avoid it. And Life Aquatic, just have to have it on there. Like I do think it's yeah. the ultimate Wes Anderson performance from him. Rushmore is great. I love Rushmore. I mean, that's oh, the name of this whole category. Like we use that Budweiser clip from that dinner scene. Yeah, Herman Bloom. Yeah, I wish I didn't hate Budweiser as a beer. I mean, hate strong. I don't <laughs> like it because I can't wear their stuff. Otherwise, I would have those shorts. I, but mm. I, can't, yeah. I can't support them. I don't actually drink them. So, <laughs> so I, I love Life Aquatic. Um, kind of a weirder pick, I think, like some people might think, but I talked about it earlier. It's his role in Little Shop of Horrors. He is like mm. a very small supporting role. But he's hilarious and he's interacting with Steve Martin pretty much in every scene and they just play off each other so well. So if you haven't seen Little Shop, I recommend it for a ton of reasons. But Bill Murray as like the crazed dentist patient, it's just he he does a great job. Next. It's me. Arthur Denton. I'm next. Nurse. Hmm. Does uh, that have an appointment? Ask it. I'm off duty. I've been saving all month for this. I think I need a root canal. I'm sure I need a long, slow root canal. Um, and then probably one of the more obscure ones, I, I guess. Like, I mean, obscure. It's a huge Disney movie. But him as Baloo in the live action remake of Jungle Book felt like perfect casting. Yeah. Um, those movies have gotten like kind of mixed reviews from people. I think, you know, I mean, Lion King obviously made money and whatever there's Aladdin and all that kind of stuff. But I actually really liked the jungle book one and Bill Murray is a huge reason behind that. Um, he's just like made to be like, he was perfect for Baloo. And then a quick honorable mention, just having seen it recently, he was really good in the French dispatch. Mm. Um, you know, it's kind of about him, but kind of not, but he's just like, again, it's another Wes Anderson and it's, it's perfect. So yeah, yeah those would be my four though. Well, I'm glad you gave jungle book some shine. 
I'm mad at that movie because they made Scarlett Johansson be a snake. And that's very conflicting to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a, a member of my Crushmore Mountain being very confusing. depicted as the least favorite thing on the planet, in my <laughs> opinion. That is rough. Um, that's tough for me. But yeah, I and it's it's cool because I thought there was going to be a lot more crossover on, on these lists. Um, I have Life Aquatic. That's the first one. I, I mentioned it earlier. That's what I think of outside of Zombieland. But an actual Bill Murray movie. Uh, the first one I think of is Life Aquatic. Um, Lost in Translation. I, like, I don't know. I don't know how to fully describe it. But the first time I saw that movie, I it's like, there wasn't so much that I was blown away, but I was just like completely transfixed. Yeah. Right. Like there was, was nothing it about Joe? it. That, I mean, if, if certainly that didn't hurt, <laughs> it's a but solid I just, um, I like, even when I rewatch it, I'm like, I don't even know why I like this movie so much, but I just love it. I just like, it just like the, the, the atmosphere of it and the, and the, the vibe in it. I don't know. I just really like it. Um, maybe it's because I can relate to the feeling of like traveling and being in hotels. I, I don't, I don't really know what it is, but I don't know. I love lost in translation. Um, Ghostbusters. We, we, you know, we talked about it. I've, I had a proton pack when I was a kid, I watched the cartoons mm. every day. And as I've, as I've gotten older and I've gotten to appreciate the more adults, the more adult humor of Ghostbusters and, you know, the goes is putting moves on my girl. Like that, that line is just incredible um and uh groundhog day which i was actually surprised didn't make anyone else's list um to me that's like too much sunny and chair yeah <laughs> maybe way too much <laughs> i don't know but i think i feel like groundhog day is like the the sweet spot of bill murray like if you have like the grid of like chaotic neutral to chaotic evil mm. you know like that whole thing like he's the middle square in groundhog day. Cause he's kind of a little bit of everything. And it's just like, yeah, that's the well most, put. I, what's that? That's well put. He totally yeah. is. It's yeah, exactly. I think it's his most accessible Bill Murray role. You know what I mean? Like he's not doing, he, I don't know for whatever reason he, he but he, he is an, another example of how he could have played Scrooge when he, earlier Phil Connors, like, uh, early in the movie, yeah. asshole Phil Connors might have been a better way to play his character in Scrooge. But yeah, that's cool. I, he's I, Bill Murray might be the actor that we've had on that I've seen. Like of like of all the actors we've talked about in our Rushmores, Bill Murray's IMDb I've filled up the most of. That makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, I think sure. I I articulated that uh, poorly. What, Maybe what the are worst some, way possible. What are the most glaring omissions? Stripes for sure. Uh, stripes and meatballs. Um, I've never seen. Oh, yeah, um, meatballs. Going through here. I still haven't seen. I haven't seen Isle of Dogs or Zombieland Ooh. Double Tap or Fre- uh, French Dispatch or Afterlife. I'm not including A Very Merry Christmas. I'm sorry, Matt. Uh, <laughs> I just continue Why? to dunk on you this episode. Uh, Why are you including it? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm only, I think I'm only including stuff that was like in the theaters. You know what I mean? Broken uh, Flowers. I've, even, you should, I've seen Broken, broken Flowers. flowers. It's great. great. Um, Garfield. I don't know. I've seen a lot of his movies. Um, I saw Wild Things, but not because of Bill Murray. <laughs> saw it because of Mike Rushmore. <laughs> Just the cover? Just the cover. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, I don't know. That was a cool one. I, uh, I'm glad that we've, we finally got to do the Bill Murray Rushmore. Um, um, Graydon, before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you again, find your music, uh, you know, an email they can ask for like advice or you know, tips, <laughs> holiday cooking tips for the, for the, for the upcoming holidays. <laughs> um, ways to deal with your neighbor's smoke alarm going off. <laughs> it's been resolved. It has oh, been nice. resolved. Tax is the best. Uh, tax will be taken care of. Um, but no, yeah. If you want to hear more of semi similar versions of the theme song, um, Spotify and Apple Music, Umbels, U-M-B-E-L-S. Also coming at you soon with the cooking channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, just stay I, d- <laughs> I would love if you actually did that. I would feel so powerful that I just spoke your cooking channel into existence. <laughs> that would make me feel very good about myself. Um, sure. Well, for, for those of you listening, for those of you watching on YouTube, Thank you again so much for joining us. Um, We might not have enjoyed the movie that much, but we certainly enjoyed talking about it. And we certainly enjoyed having you along for the ride. Uh, Check us out at three films pod on all the socials, uh, three films pod.com for merch and Patreon support options. Uh, And until next time, it's three films and a podcast signing off. See you later. Bye humbug. Come on, just the man. All right, the real man. Let's hear the real man.